Love Talk Radio. Even to this your time, 
Well, other rest of people that try for thief of even now. People not thief trash. People not thief other thing where you want to Because most of you don't care how much you want to sit on one side side. Wow. And people that thief thing where you think of value. You understand? So, why if other rest of people will study what we and figure say they have value? Why are we to try for throw out the thing like in the trash? So you understand? When we start a petition and think we're in the soul, soul, God give me this thing while we're in the walk room on the quick show. Why we on the home? Go to get you. Be such a retreat center. And you see, you're a gift, you know. You're a gift to the world. So that when I say, well, make a do this your program. But these are gift and things. Well, we ask us as we get to the world. So for all the hundred children who now understand tall, tall, too much when we crack with teeth like Odisha, but we always have a crack with teeth like Odisha because this year they're going to get you rid of radio. This should we show. But we do them this other rest of the week because we know see, we got listeners all around the world and things like that. They're yet about who we be every week and things like that. And we won't tell hundred children, thank you, thank you for that. Because that gift to me too, you know. For make sure, see, almost 90,000 or hundred and yet to this year program. Yeah, that's a blessing for true. Because remember when people have been a study with we tell, tell, and they want we for correctly deep like this. Always wanted us to speak this way, which is not our native tongue. And so it would be out of order for me to begin Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio each week this way, as opposed to like this and things like that, for Honor Yeti, for this year. But now, in order to help all my global listeners, the almost 90,000 listeners that have been listening in, tuning in, downloading the show via iTunes. I truly thank you. I thank all of you who blog about it, tweet about it, who post the broadcast to Facebook. And I haven't even been able to catch up our blogging that I wanted to do all this month just yet because we've had such a busy time with folks still focusing on things related to our culture, various interviewers coming in from around the world, and still even posting more on Gullah Geechee TV. We're going to close out our broadcast about Heritage Days over the next couple of days and then bring you into some other things that have happened over the last month here in the Gullah Geechee Nation related to our land and continuing to take a stand and leading right up to the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition's anniversary on December 21st when it's we, we shut our offices down and so usually get to see a number of reruns of Gullah Geechee TV throughout the season. And, you know, Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio keep grinding, and grinding, and grinding, because we don't yet if I want to chill and y'all, they like what I do off the air. So that's the one broadcast that we try to keep live still, even during our annual break period. And so the reason that it's so interesting to me that we would have so many people listening to this broadcast around the world and downloading it and sharing it and treating it with the care that you have is because of the same thing I said a little while ago is that there is a richness, there is a blessing that we have by being Gullah Geechee that our ancestors brought to the world and so many others don't try to steal something if it has no value, but they look for that which has some value to it. And so when I say we be Gullah Geechee anointed black gold chiller, I say this because I know this to be true. I know it within my heart of hearts and definitely in the depths of my soul and with the depths of my soul, I tell you that this evening. And so definitely I am pleased that you've taken the time out to join me, all the folks that are in the chat room live each and every week, as well as all of you who almost religiously make sure that if you miss the live show, you immediately tune into the archive and you also share it with others. Because tonight I want to share with you some words to open up this show and then bring on two people to help us kind of illustrate to you the various gifts that our ancestors have given us as Gullah Geechis and that these gifts have spread around the world. I want to read some words from the foreword of one of the books from the Gullah Geechee Alkin Bulan Archive, which is the only archive in the world dedicated to Gullah Geechee history, heritage, and culture, and was founded by the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition from my library of books and research materials. This foreword is in a book called The Gullah People and Their African Heritage, and it was written by David Moltke Hansen. 
He said the Gullah people of Georgia and South Carolina coasts are among the most studied populations in the United States. They continue to attract attention for several reasons. They show more African influences in their self-expression, behavior, and beliefs than any other long-established large American population group. They are genetically less mixed with whites and Native Americans than most other African Americans. They help build and survive the forced labors of one of the richest plantation regimes in the Americas. Their music, dance, basketry, and other arts are powerful, beautiful, and evocative. Their traditional lives contrast tellingly with the modern world encroaching on or being embraced by them. Until a generation ago, theirs was the largest overwhelmingly African-American area of the United States. Moreover, Sullivan's Island off Charleston, South Carolina, is often called the Ellis Island of black America, and we don't call it that. Others call it that because people who came to Ellis Island came willingly, and our ancestors did not come of their own volition to Sullivan's Island. White writers such as, and then he goes into a whole list of them, who even helped to capture, he says, and convey, but we would often say who tried to capture and capitalize on the culture. He goes into talking about the influence that their writings have had on the world learning about Gullah Geechee culture. But critically, he says, until a generation ago, this was the largest overwhelmingly African-American area of the United States. He's speaking to our land. Before that, he's talking about our traditional lives and how it contrasts with the modern world encroaching upon us. He talks about our music, our dance, our basketry, and other arts as powerful, beautiful, and evocative, and how we build and survive the forced labors of one of the richest plantation regimes in the Americas. It's interesting. This is the start of this book that was written by William S. Pollitzer, the late William S. Pollitzer, God bless the dead. And what I've always loved of this book is the end that Pollitzer himself wrote. says, they are not a museum piece, relics of the past, but rather survivors of enslavement, bondage, discrimination, and white privilege, fellow human beings entitled to work out their own destiny. Hopefully, the best of Sea Island life, language, customs, and values can be preserved, even as the people take advantage of new opportunities and move into mainstream America. It is encouraging that Gullah people are increasingly in the news media, on television, and on film, and that educated blacks from the Sea Islands are making a conscious effort to study their roots and appreciate their traditions. The secret is to cherish individual differences and take pride in a unique heritage beneath the umbrella of our common humanity. The Gullah people will have the best of both worlds and set an example for all. The Sea Islands will then become more than the Sea, S-E-E, Islands for tourists. The tide water will reach its flood tide, and the low country will become the high country, of the African-American experience. I believe we've reached that point that he was writing about in The Gullah People and the African Heritage. I always loved his conclusion to the book because it made it very clear we are human beings entitled to work out our own destiny when we say we be Gullah Geechee, anointed, self-determined people. Now that destiny has to draw upon that which has been brought to this land, to this soil, and still survives due to the wherewithal, the strength of our elders and our ancestors. And so this evening, we just had two on the line. We had a line that dropped, and I suppose she'll be dialing back in. I want to bring on with me as we get into this discussion about the gifts that our ancestors gave one of our members of our representatives, our Assembly of Representatives for the Gullah Geechee Nation, our representative for Florida, one of them, I want to bring forth Sister Glenda Simmons Jenkins. Good evening, how honey to do down here in Florida? Good evening, Sister Glenda. Good evening, Sister Simmons. 
Good evening, Queen Peace. I'm doing fine. How about you? I do plenty good, plenty good, girl. So glad for getting on a voice one more again, especially this year time of year. I know people that run wrong and think like chicken with the hand cut off. I <laughs> That's shop the truth. Like that yeah, yeah. But I'm not so doing I all see. that running around for that now. Okay. You, see, you drive yourself you. crazy trying to keep up with what they're doing out there in the world. I ain't trying to do that. And it. Jones and all the other rest of the people with the out That's right. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then you ain't gonna have Jones pay a bill when they still pay a bill for all these things in two, three years, neither. But That's you know, true. Yeah, so but you know, this time of year when we say the word gifts. That's where people's minds go, is to shop. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And so That's right. Definitely, yeah, and so this time of year, I feel it's critical for us to not only reflect upon the many gifts that God has blessed us each with individually, but especially here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, to really reflect upon the gifts that our ancestors gave. And I know this is a, a time of year where I think a lot of Gullah Geechis almost shop and cook and eat to numb themselves from the from the, the coming payment of tax bills uh, mm. because mm-hmm. even when we mention the land as a gift to us that so many of our ancestors had to mutter with for, say, look, uh, this is why I want to make sure my children, 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 go have one place for the rest of the head and things like that and for having right. food for now and pun out the growing and all that thing. And so they left it for this generation to still have control of. I know that many people try to not even get in that discussion uh, at this time of year, but then as soon as the new year changes over, they got to face it because right. here comes it's the coming. tax bill. Yeah, the tax man are coming um, on Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday, God bless the dead, January 15th, mm-hmm. is when land taxes are due. And, you know, the reason I want to even start off with talking about land as a gift to our people is because there are still so many people who are new listeners or people sometimes like, you know, that's what, as you know well, marketing and advertising, people repeat the same thing over and over and over so that people will buy in. Well, you know, sometimes it seems that that's a necessity because I see that there are so many people right now writing, or or I shouldn't even say they're writing it because it's written and they're just printing the same story over and over and right. over right now about the land tax issue um, that's going on in one area of the Gullah Geechee Nation as if this is not common to all of the Gullah Geechee Nation. And people often do not recognize what I read from Pollitt's work that until a generation ago, just one generation ago, there, this was the largest overwhelmingly African-American area of the United States. Now, when he says that, I don't know where he's looking at the change ratio because uh-huh. any issues of land have been what they call black land loss throughout the South. So uh-huh. it's not as if we've had any greater an attrition rate in land loss, I don't think, than any other area of the South, where it's largely people of African descent. And so I'm wondering what other area he thought might be larger, because I don't know still to this day any area larger than the one in which we live in the Gullah Geechee Nation where people of African descent own land in mass. Um, right. You know, where you could say my great-great-granddaddy, my great-great-grandmama house was right there. You know, or, right. Right. you know, my grand, yes, my cousin never lived in my grandmama house, you know, and it's <laughs> That's the same right. type of thing. Yeah, you know, and, and it's still in the same spot and everything, even in spite of the hurricanes and the climate change and all that, God's had all that to survive and to remain. And so when when I think about it, I think of them being gifted with vision to be people considered shadow but then to yeah. leave land for the future. And yeah. then, as we know, where there is no vision, the people perish. People and I think perish, there's some, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. folks are getting blinded about land and what it really is, that it is an asset, um, and that you do need to hold on to it. But when you think about gifts, I mean, that our ancestors gave, does land come to you or does something else come to you? immediately when we talk about our Gullah Geechee answers. Well, when I um, heard the topic of tonight's discussion, discussion, I pondered a little bit, and what came to me was spirituals. Now, 
I don't mean spirituals in the literal sense of the musical genre. But, of course, the spirituals came to me because of singing with the Pet Community Ensemble. Mm-hmm. And what I thought about was how that was a gift that came because it came out of the experience of yeah. who our ancestors were. And it emerged. It wasn't something that they had any, quote, unquote, formal training for. It was something God gave them, just like God gave our ancestors the language, and they right. gave it to us. He gave them spirituals, and and they gave it to us. And yes. when I think about also um, when you look at the spiritual, there are people who will call it um, – primitive music and all this mm. kind of thing. Mm. But I have seen the impact of singing the spirituals and what that impact does to people of all yes. backgrounds, how yes. it moves them, how it touches them. So then that makes me think of the gift of the spirit, of yes. that innate knowing that we are connected to something that is greater than us, right. larger than us, mm-hmm. and that we have been blessed enough that there's evidence of that creator uh, all around us, not just in in nature, but in our relationships with one another. Now, the way I link this to land is that people don't sit around and necessarily say, oh, we got this great cultural thing we're going to pass down. (laughs) I mean, you... (laughs) You... (laughs) No, I don't... I don't think they pondered in it pondered it in that way. No. But no. when it's like what you were saying before, when you value something, people don't try and steal something that doesn't have value. Right. So if you look at it from the inverse, when you value something, it continues to be a part of your life. Right. When you assign worth to it, Absolutely. it continues to be a part of your life. So in the sense that our ancestors, this gift that came from God, the spirituals, had value and worth, they continue to just it, sing them. Let's think, because right. they still have meaning to us. And see, this is, this is what I find will be a sad day that I hope we never come to. When the spirituals and anything that our ancestors gave us that has been a productive part of our existence, when those things cease to have value and meaning to us and we discard them, right. that would be a sad day. And that and that's something that's rele- relevant to what you were saying about um, land. And immediately just then, when I said that, I thought about re-gifting. You know how sometimes somebody gives you something, like you get a pothole and you're like, oh, I don't need no potholes. <laughs> and then later on, you you know, you say, well, maybe I'll give it to somebody who can really use it. If in our community people don't understand that the gift of land, something that they didn't work for, something that came from their ancestors, has value and meaning, and it's not like a potholder. It's right. something that is actually going to be productive in your life if you use it properly. Um, But what we find now is that for various reasons, people are deciding they're going to re-gift their land, so to speak, you know. Uh, And it may uh, not be because of pressure from the outside. It may just be they don't want to be bothered with it. And and that's the part. That's the part mm -hmm. is just not wanting to be bothered with a thing. Like when you say re-gift it, we Mm -hmm. could say that our elders, re-gifted it to us because, you know, the land was given to them, it was passed down, then they passed it to their churn, they churn, passed it to the next churn. You know, that could right. almost be a re-gifting. But, yeah, in the way that you're mentioning, like people do kind of with the, like me, for instance, I don't like this cake people make this time of year, fruit cake. Yeah. I, okay, I now, don't my like mama makes cake. a good fruit cake, but I know what you're I, talking about. I, I, look, I love your mama, but I don't care. <laughs> it could be my mama, and I like to right? make I don't like fruit cake. Never did. So, I, I mean, I've it. eaten it, and I've tried it. I, it ain't my thing. It's so, if thing. someone gave me a fruit cake as a gift, it's likely that's going to get re-gifted. Re-gifted, right. Yeah. There you go. And that's because, for me, I feel I don't have a use for it, like you said. That's right. Right. And so, so, but my thing is, I don't think I would be a offended if 
people were regifting what our ancestors gave within their family. That's but it. When you That's it right there. Out That's the right. Community and give it away. That's now right. That's right. I'm having some trouble. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Because see, what happens is see that here. Let's go to the other thing about us as a people and a culture. I go to that term, the non-market economy. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> you're one of your favorites. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, in our culture, it's it is it is a part of who we are that you know people talk about barter and exchange yes. and all of that. Yes. You know, the first place you go with something that you have that perhaps the, your use for it is not there. You know, mm-hmm. so you don't want it to waste. The first place we go is right within our community to each other. Correct. That's right. So, That's like, right. when you when you had um, a box of clothes that were not going to be of any use to you anymore, you said, well, Sister Glenda, um, look through there and see if there's anything that you can use. And if you don't see anything, see if there's anything anybody else can use. Right. Absolutely. And I found people within my community who were able to use some of those items. Right. Now, oh, absolutely. you did that before you went to Goodwill, before you went to Salvation Army. Right. You know, you looked within mm-hmm. the village, so to speak, right. to right. see who there. So when you talk about exchange, mm-hmm. that's a gift of the ancestors, but not yeah. only exchange for just exchange sake, but exchange with people that you are culturally connected, connected to first. To. And Absolutely. that's where that saying, what does it say, uh, charity begins at home and spreads abroad. And then throws abroad. And then you know what? And the other one that the elders always said, take care of home first. Take care okay. of home mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And, I, and on that note of saying that, I definitely want to bring on the line one of my elders right now, our Minister of Information, Elder Carly Town of the Gullah Geechee Angel Network. Good evening, ma'am. How are you doing? Good evening. How is everybody doing? We're doing well. Good, good, good. I'm just getting back, but I'm here. Oh, praise yeah. the Lord. Oh, that's so glad you're here. Jesus' name. So glad. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. So glad I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. So glad we're we'll all go free. Man. Yes. I know that's right. <laughs> yes, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm all for that. <laughs> so, yes, ma'am. So, yes, you know, we we have talked about the land, and we have talked about the spirituals. We've talked about the giftings that our ancestors gave and how we are blessed to still have these traditions and even now talking about taking care of home first, you know, and charity beginning at home and then going abroad and how that giving spirit in and of itself is a gift. And even as Sister Glenda talked about the spirituals and, and started to reconnect these aspects of our culture back to land, which I started out with being a gift, of who we are, and of course the language, mm-hmm. of course, is a gift because we can crack your teeth like a dish and think like a day in front of all kind of rest of people and think like a day, and another tall, tall one of the crack your teeth up. And mm. so, right. definitely, that's a gift. That is a way that we have been able to relink the Gullah Geechee diaspora is due to the mother tongue that we've been given that was that which first emitted and those spirituals that have now spread around the world, which, again, is a relinking point because anyone who studies music, if they're an ethnomusicologist, and they begin to try to find out about the original formation and origin points of many songs that they say are black music, they end up talking about the spirituals, and that causes them to come back to where? The land where the Gullah Geechee's are. These right. islands and this coast. And so once again, we get into talking about those dynamics of exchange. And that I know that sometimes when people come in, like I said, you know, people are teething when they think it's valuable. Anybody that teeth <laughs> nothing when they think it's valuable. So mm-hmm. instead right. of people coming in and asking us for language and asking us about songs, they come in and want to record them and run off with them. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they want to sell the recording somewhere else or put it in a kiosk at their museum and make thousands of dollars for people to hear our voices where many of us are silencing ourselves because we're not taking care of the village, the compound, the home first. Because when you're taking care of at home, you ain't so quick to leave your house. 
Mm-hmm. You know, right. if people ain't treating exactly. you right at home, then you might leave your house. But when yeah, you know get good right. treatment at your house, you ain't in no rush to go there with, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And I, yeah, I don't care what culture you are. So so my thing is, Elder Tao, when, when we start talking about these dynamics, and again, as you see, everything we do, it links us back to the compound back home. When you think of gifts that our ancestors gave, what really comes to your heart and mind and soul? Well, basically, you know, of course, the language is the first and the foremost. Um, and then the code of spirit that nobody can give you that by God. Uh, and yeah. it's a certain aura that we have that when we walk, when we go somewhere, people know it immediately, even if we don't speak. That's a Gullah Geechee, you can tell. And that's innate. That's innate. Right, that's innate. That's something that, that's a special, like the government said, right? It's a unique um, culture. It is a unique gift that was given us. A lot yes. of us haven't recognized it, especially some of the young people, but I think mm-hmm. they are becoming more aware of it now. So I thought mm-hmm. that was very um, important to, to realize that we have this special aura. Not that, you know, nobody else has it, but it's just because our who we are. God has given right. us that. And, yes. and, and so many ways that we utilize it, and we don't even realize it. You know, we put it in the food. We cook a certain, still do that cooking the, the way it was done in Africa. So, again, sure. the food ways, you know, we could have easily yes. stopped cooking that way. Uh-huh. But That's right. Some, you know, yeah, but God has just given us those special gifts. That's one of two of the gifts that, um, that I thought about. And then the architect, you know, the shotgun oh, yes. houses. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I thought about builder. that because, you know, Right, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So when I yeah, when I left the hike at, at a young yeah. age, I didn't appreciate that. But now mm-hmm. as I have grown with more wisdom, I look back and say, wow, that is so deep. These people built this house and it's still standing after all these storms. You see what I'm saying? Right, so, right. <laughs> that's right. That's a, gift. that's a gift right there that was given to us also. Absolutely, and 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 what the song say? My soul looked back and wonder how I got over. Yeah, right? mm. that's right. And so when you talk about you know looking back and then saying, wait a minute, whoa, this building's here. Wait a minute, wow, our culture's here. Wait a minute, you know these elders are living to be a hundred and something. Look what so they up them through. Yes, my soul looks back and wonder how I got over. You know, mm-hmm. and and it's such a blessing. You know, to be to have the presence of mind, as people would say in the church, cold in your right mind, enough to right. look back. You know, to even look right. back and start right. kofa. Because if Hunter ain't know where Hunter the deer from, Hunter ain't quite know where Hunter the gwine. And so it is so critical today, like you mentioned, the youth, that we are there to help them maybe look back a little sooner than we may have been mm-hmm. looked back. To say, mm-hmm. well, look at what our ancestors did. Look at it, like you said, the architectural skills, which leads mm-hmm. me right to something else that, of course, I treasure because I'm a mathematician and I've studied engineering. I treasure mm-hmm. when I can look at the dynamics of the rice fields and see uh, the engineering right. skill and the scientific knowledge that changed yes. this sort of cultural landscape to the point that this is one of the major tourism drivers now, is people wanting to come visit this coast to see a rice plantation, to see a rice dike, what is that, to see a rice trunk, to see all Mm -hmm. this, what's now under even the purview, when you mentioned the U.S. government, of the U.S. Fish and Wildlife and U.S. Forestry Services, these lands that they're now being the trunk minders over, our ancestors mm-hmm. did all that work before. Right. So mm-hmm. our youth need to look into those fields as places where they could go and financially benefit themselves, have careers mm-hmm. and jobs, being those folks in the future as land keepers. That's all it is. And so, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the stewardship over land and then bringing the African tradition of knowing what to pull out of the soil what to pull mm-hmm. out of the water to make things with. In my family, because of the indigenous American ancestry, the Kusabo, as well as the African ancestry, we had architects all along, and we still have people now mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we design our own buildings and then have the people in the family who are construction folks who will build the building. Well, mm-hmm. you had my grandmother, God bless the dead, 
be able to make her own dishes and teach her daughters mm-hmm. how from the from the wow. clay that you can't just find. And and you had my grandmother on my mother's side be able to know what to pull from the creek shores that you could bring in and actually scrub your wood floor with and make the floor completely clean, you know, Mm -hmm. as well as knowing to take oyster shells and then know to make a wall with it, you know, Mm -hmm. and actually Mm -hmm. make a whole edifice or what you pull Mm -hmm. from this and then make bricks with to the point mm-hmm. where we go on these plantation tours today, they're still telling you about the architecture and all of that and how these buildings are so sturdy because of the architecture, but they're not telling mm-hmm. you for sure that these were the Gullah Geechee African people that built That's these right. buildings now. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. So these are gifts that our ancestors gave to the world. Not That's They didn't right. even mm-hmm. have the privilege during chattel enslavement to build mansions for themselves when they could have. Mm-hmm. They had to mm-hmm. build small cabins, praise house size, shotgun house mm-hmm. size, like mm-hmm. you're saying, for themselves, but turn around and build a mansion, the mm-hmm. big house, for someone right. who's enslaving them. But that shows you, even in even during hardship, during psychological mm-hmm. trauma, during physical bondage, they had to have faith to keep their minds exactly. intact. You see, right. and those spirituals were part of keeping their minds intact. Mm-hmm. Blacksmiths can't be slouches. You're talking about knowing what metal to pull up out the ground and mm-hmm. knowing exactly what temperature to heat it to for it to become right. liquid, for you to then create a mold of smelting into what you want. You know, and to huh. take an anvil and a hammer and beat it out and make a wrought iron fence, you know, mm-hmm. with, with styles and things in it. I mean, you're talking about serious science, serious engineering that we gifted to the world that's now in the Smithsonian Museum, you see. Right. Right. And, and what, mm-hmm. you know, I have nothing against museums. I love museums. I visit them around the world. But I'm amazed at how many people don't visit museums, especially black museums. That's the first thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm also amazed at how many people who only want to go to a museum and not come to Mm -hmm. where the living culture is. It's wonderful Mm -hmm. to go to Washington, D.C. and go visit many of the museums, and I hope you all do support the National African American Museum up there, but I especially want you to support the International African American Museum we're building in Charleston. But at the same time, the difference between those two is the Smithsonian is a government-run institution that wants a story told a certain way, and it has to fit that storyline. Where in mm-hmm. the International African American Museum was designed to give you an entryway into the Gullah Geechee Nation, an entryway exactly. into the community, give you the background inside of the building, but then when you mm-hmm. leave out the doors, go in the community and meet the people. And I think, yeah, I think it's critical that, you know, that we take note of how much the world is now celebrating, as was mentioned in the introduction, our arts and crafts, you know, and basketry Mm -hmm. and and, and all of that and these things being in these major institutions like the Smithsonian. But at what point do you have the living people tell their own story? Mm -hmm. Because I feel that's the gift we have is the ability to still tell who we are in spite of all the psychological trauma. Exactly right. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. Um, and I, I was think as you was talking, I was thinking about all the things that we were able to continue to do, even though we had went through a lot of hardships. But that's that creative mind. You know, we always find a way to what make do. Make and do. we yeah. really, I'm serious. And when you could transform grass into sweet grass baskets, that's Come on really now. deep. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, we got to think, what you're working with, you're working with. You know? yeah. <laughs> and where it says, show me what you're working with. That's right. We don't know mm-hmm. what we're working with. And then even when you think about it, look at the things today that people throw away. As Representative Glenda Simmons-Jenkins said earlier, I didn't take clothing that I didn't use anymore and give it to Goodwill. I never even thought about go to Goodwill and Salvation Army. I immediately mm-hmm. boxed it up and thought about who was my size, 
you know, or who had a child my mm-hmm. size, because I know y'all be clowning me, uh, you know, who had a child my size, uh, that could wear my clothes. And so I'm like, okay, let me give this to them, because even if they can't use it, there's somebody that can. And I, the things that say something got a hold of it, like moths. Y'all know we always fighting moths mm-hmm. down here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. If I find that a moth got to something, I still don't immediately burn it up in the fire. I'll cut out mm-hmm. patches of it because I can make a yes. quilt. You see? Exactly right. And, and exactly that keeps right. the family warm, and you can pass it down as an heirloom. And exactly this, right. the whole conversation that, that you all have been having for the last five or more minutes is really, I would encapsulate it to say, it's, it's about innovation. And to me, you know, among our people, you know, I, I thought about this. I said, well, where did it come from? One might um, immediately want to say, well, a lot of the innovative things came from the experience of being enslaved in that uh, we were forced into certain situations. But I gave it more thought, and I said, well, you know, I would like to think that those behaviors, those customs, those belief systems were something that were a part of us when we were brought here and and captured, when we were brought against our will. And the reason I say that is because I had the thought, If I say to my daughter, um, you need to do this assignment not just good enough, you need to do it above and beyond, and that is something that becomes a part of her from the time she's a preschooler, then she's going to do that regardless to what situation she's in. It doesn't matter what life circumstance puts her in. She's going to immediately continue to carry that out. So forcing us into... Um, a work environment under duress is not what made us innovative. We already had that as a part of our culture when we got here. In fact, that's why we were stolen. It's because of those innovative skills, because of those qualities. Mm -hmm. And, Queen, you also know, based on a lot of what the government is coming to us about with regard to sustainability and environmentalism, Those are gifts that our ancestors gave us because what you're talking about when you say, well, we're not going to throw something away because it's got a moth hole in it or whatever, we're going to find a way to use what's left out of that, you know, some kind of way. It can't just be trash. And see, to me, those are the things, when I look at some of the traditions that have been lost, for me, that's the part that um, makes me sad is that we have become some of us so much a part of the mainstream society that we don't value those gifts as we should. That's why um, Kwanzaa becomes such an important experience because it forces us to step outside of that um, mainstream paradigm of, oh, let's just go shop and put our money down and put our um, credit card down to buy something new shiny thing, you know, you know, because it's got to be pristine and all of it. You know, it's... Because somebody what, else next door got one. Yeah. What do you have already? And I'm not talking about necessarily you giving somebody a used item like we were talking about before. We give right. it. I'm talking about just being thoughtful, you know. Right. Going right. in your right. kitchen, and if you know what the person's favorite dessert, dessert is... Make one. Then make on it, Kwanzaa, just make that and share it with them because you Absolutely. know from your heart that that's something the person would appreciate. You know, Absolutely. so our people are not, we are not as in the traditional sense, mm-hmm. folk who feel like you got to spend a lot of money on something for it for it to have to mean something. Absolutely. And, you know, and it's interesting you mention that because even the entire time you and Elder Town have been talking, this is the first time I really paid a close focus to the cover of the Gullah people in the African heritage. And it's actually an image of someone sewing a cast net. And mm-hmm. so when we talk about all the things we're talking about, a cast net, when it's casted properly, becomes a circle. A family mm-hmm. compound traditionally is circular. Sweetgrass baskets mm-hmm. tend to be circular. 
The mm-hmm. center of the Gullah Nation flag is circular. The ring shout mm-hmm. is circular. Ring play is right. circular. Mm-hmm. The the the, the uh, what we pass around for collection in the in the in the praise house and in the church is tend to be circular. You know, mm-hmm. so right. the circle of connection, you know, again represents that Sankofa bird flying forward while yet looking back. You know, yeah. and so. That circle of connection and the value of, like you're saying, exchange within it. For us, it's more about what energy are you exchanging within it. A lot of exactly. old people, they don't want them junk out that store. They'll tell you, girl, you could have keep your money. You ain't have to right. do that. Okay, uh-huh. they would, but they, you talk about some eyes light up. You bring them a big old bag of greens this time of year. And uh-huh. they say, where you get these from? Of my field. But yeah, put a me on her. Okay? Mm-hmm. I have seen the expression. I mean, yeah. it's like you just brought them $1,000. If you yeah. right. went out with a cast net, on, like on a beautiful day like we had today, 70-something degrees, and you went mm-hmm. with your cast net to the creek and bring them a few mullets, a damn right. nice mullets, right. you want to get a few flounder and you can't mm-hmm. buy And it say, mm-hmm. I thought you don't forget me. No, ma'am, yep. I just ain't the kitchen on for now, but I will bring you a meal. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you, mama. Right. This is your time of year. You can get a piece of that fruitcake or something and count the house. That's right. Because mm-hmm. they ain't going to just accept exactly. a gift without giving you something. It got to be a mint candy, a cram crack or something they're going to give you before you leave uh, it. But uh-huh. you can cast something exactly. back to and, and so it's that constant exchange. It is that circular yeah. Form uh-huh. of operation that is yeah. such our cosmology uh-huh. that, as you said, I right. truly believe we had this in the motherland. We right. didn't just right. get right. here and recreate, you know, have it. Mm-mm. We mm-hmm. had it. We brought that was, it no, in was the belly of the beast. Because when God gives people something, he gives them the ability to survive. And if they choose to reject it, okay, um, then that's them. That's so that was already what he gave us as a people before we got here. You know, right. these are this is what you're going to need to know in order to live on this earth I put you on. You're going to need go. to be able to recognize the herbs and and figure out which ones will heal and which ones are poison. toxic or poison. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going right. to need to learn how to survive off the land. I, You know, we're all Facebook people and, you know, social media and what have you. And one of the things you see frequently now is um, these homesteading pages. Yes. And um, I was really I, – I don't understand necessarily – um, the terminology, but I know some of the background has to do with, you know, when if we should ever come under some type of attack that would force us into a situation where we need to have survival skills, this is what homesteading is about. But those things in our culture, if we have uh, retained our traditions and, yeah. and customs, that is a part of who we are. First thing you know yeah. is that if you're going to survive, you need somebody with you to help you. You Come know, you don't try and survive by yourself. Come you know, so this whole concept of, well, we're just going to have a storehouse and we're going to just, like, pile all this stuff in there. Right. You know, because... Survivalists, they yeah. call themselves. Yeah. But we know there's a story biblically that talks about a man who he just... Come on now. ...stored all kind of things he in his it barn. all up and then what <clears throat> Burned out. He died, you know. Uh, so yeah. we, our culture is not just about, you know, manipulating things. Right. It's about understanding the value of people. People are a gift. That's Absolutely. one of the gifts our ancestors gave us. Right. Is that That's community means that your neighbor is a gift. Don't right. take your neighbor for granted. That's what you're talking right. about. You know, don't take you your say, family for granted. Right. That's right. When you talk about exactly. going to the elders, checking in on them, making sure that... Um, you know, if you haven't heard from them in a while, that they're okay. Being thoughtful, those are that's who we are. Right. 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 And these are, and will you say we I always say the traditionalists amongst us. Yeah. Because <laughs> you yeah, mentioned yeah. Because as you mentioned, I mean we have modernity. As was mentioned in Paulus's work, we have modernity. And some right. of us have embraced it. Some of us have embraced people that we wish we never embraced, too, um, because yeah. they were toxic. 
but there but there has to be a balance. I mean, you need to be able to function with the lights on and if they cut them off. You know, mm, right. you need mm-hmm. to be able to be able to function if the store is not open. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these are things that the traditionalists amongst us, we do know how to do these things. Right. We're the ones who are more concerned about all of the human interaction and connection that you so eloquently mm-hmm. described. We're in those who will just say, well, I was born Gullah Geechee. And that's what they mean. They were born that, but they were culturated something else, you know, right. somewhere along the line. They became ultra-westernized, and so people, and the value of people is a little bit lacking, you know, because they will cut your throat, you know, to get hold of something that they covet, you know. Right. And so, yeah, and they will also be the ones that will sell out the family land. They're the ones who will go ahead and say, who, me? I'm not going in no creek or no field. you got to be mm-hmm. kidding. I can go to the mm-hmm. store and get those things. Well, when the store closed, don't come toward my house. <laughs> okay. mm-hmm. Don't come here with your hand out of your belly. Right. Or the, okay, your stomach to bite your liver. Don't come here. <laughs> we go in the freezer. And you got food in the storehouse. See, it is critical that when you said a key word, or, or I repeated that what these people call themselves in these homesteading pages are survivalists. Yeah. <laughs> Remember, the very first documentary done about the Gullah Geechee Nation was The Will to Survive. Mm. The story yeah. of the Gullah Geechee Nation. Because mm-hmm. you have to also have the will to do these things. You may have the thought, right. but if you don't get up and act on it, you don't have any willpower to do a thing. So a lot of people exactly. want to lose weight, but you have to have the mm-hmm. willpower to do the exercises and to change your diet and to change the toxicity out of your life to lose the weight and then maintain the new weight that you get. So, exactly. so again, our ancestors had to have willpower, they had to have faith, mm-hmm. had to have mother wit and things like that. And all these things combined to me are a wonderful gift, mm-hmm. you know, packaged up in what the world now calls Gullah Geechee. You see? Right. And and it don't always come with a fancy bowl. <laughs> see, because a lot of times you say a gift got to have fancy bowl in them. It don't always right. come with no fancy bowl. Sometimes it's going to come in a battle board, okay? Right. It's going to be just that simple in terms of the way it may look to you on the outside. But there's a great deal of depth in there, you see. Right. But, yeah, if you can get in with Gullah Geechee, which ain't easy, y'all, it ain't easy. Um, mm. my listeners, it's not easy. But if you can get in with we don't you know, anything like that, trust me, you need to have an open spirit. If you want to receive any of this gift we talk about, you got to have an open spirit. Because when you come with your spirit closed, Nothing getting in. It's like the elders again taught us with that with that fist clench. Ain't nothing coming out. Ain't nothing getting in on neither. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what I've seen today from the non-traditionalists is a clenched fist, which indicates mm-hmm. a clenched spirit as well. Mm-hmm. And so you know a lot of what we're talking about tonight, and that you know we don't even have enough time to even really get into all of it. Uh, we just really touching mm-hmm. on it. Um, I think they don't see it because they're so shut mm-hmm. off. Like when you say mm-hmm. cold of the spirit, they can't break the cold because the spirit's not there. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of things that it would take to unwrap this kind of gift that our ancestors gave us. And for mm-hmm. me, it, it is just a blessing to see a gift wrapped in black gold, especially this I time know, of you know, and even when you mentioned the food ways earlier, Elder Town, and you know this time of year, plenty of mm-hmm. we always think about the food and the nam for food and how to go and do the nam for more food, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Brother B.J. Dennis, um, Chef Dennis, who will be having a Gullah Geechee pop-up dinner this week. It's going to right. be happening in Charleston. So y'all who are Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fans, I'm giving you homework tonight. Go on mm-hmm. to the wall on the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page or go to our Twitter feed at 
Gullah Geechee. That's G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E. You'll see the details about the Stono Market and that Gullah Geechee pop-up dinner when we talk about these food ways and we talk about these traditions where we had to go get the food harvested out the field, off the land, while singing the spirituals, while carrying the stuff back to the land in the sweet grass baskets, while putting the battle boat back up, while hanging up your casket after right. all that, and then <laughs> sitting down you on a to-do, to inside the house that you've done, built architecturally on a self and thing like that, from the brick, from the taffy, from the wood, and with the table and thing like that, that you take the quilt off after you done sew them together. See, y'all ain't know nothing but that. But see, I can tell you that because I'm how my family I know lives. <laughs> so, so definitely when you talk about all of these things coming together, I mean, you know, we share it every day. I mean, as best we can through these new mediums, these electronic mediums, like this broadcast, like our Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page, like the Twitter feed, like our blog at GullahGeecheeNation.com. But we can only basically lift the lid off the box and let y'all peep in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But we can't just give you the gift. It's, it's, it's carrying a mantle. And trust me. When God bless you, as Elder Town constantly reminds me, who God bless? What happened, Elder Town? Who God, who God will bless? No man, no Amenakas. Okay, then. So, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is truly a blessing to just think back on our elders, our ancestors, our family, the people who loved us, nurtured us, who created and maintained and continue the Gullah Geechee traditions that We've even touched on, like I said tonight, uh, we ain't even getting to shouting. We talked with the spirituals. We ain't getting to shouting. We ain't getting to seeking. We, I mean, there's so many things that if we had to sit and write them out, we'd have a thesis paper at minimum and an encyclopedia, like what I'm writing at maximum, um, mm-hmm. to really lay out all the gifts our ancestors gave. But, you know, as we kind of get ready to kind of tie that black gold bow back on this package of this broadcast tonight, Elder Town, are there any other words you want to share with the listening audience, you know, as we going on out of 2013? Yes, I would just like to thank God and thank the ancestors and um, thank you, Queen, for this venue we have to talk about these kinds of things because Jishemwahana I don't know about. And it And it Representative Simmons Jenkins? Uh, I I would like to say the same, you know, um, gifts and gratitude go together, and I think um, the Gullah Geechee Nation is a great gift, and the Chiefess of the Gullah Geechee Nation, certainly with all of what you deposit into the nation, um, I know that there is going to be a great reaping um, of the harvest, and there has been and there will continue to be. It will just become more and more. And so um, in the new year, I'm, I'm grateful for you and for the Gullah Geechee Nation, and I, and I just feel to ask the people to um, get your priorities in order. And yeah. um, that's, that's what being Gullah Geechee is about, is understanding what is most important. Definitely. And, and as you spoke, I thought of this song, Oh, sinner, don't let this your harvest pass. Mm-hmm. And so definitely, you know, the harvest is upon us. And we pray that more workers in this vineyard, in this harvest, in this field with us together, work together, chilling. Don't you get weary. The great camp meeting is your promised land, what we call the Gullah Geechee Nation. And we're so glad it is your time of year. And for these words, as fellow human beings, we're entitled to work out our own destiny and that mm. the tide waters will reach its flood and the low country will become the high country of the mm-hmm. African-American experience. And tonight, within that context, we have truly given you, as best we can, through this medium, our experience here in what for us is high country, because it is the land of the Gullah Geechee. And we know, we be Gullah Geechee, anointed people, Tunisia Islands, we just say to Hunter Chillin and to God, bless you, and Hunter Chillin, tanky, tanky. Hunter Chillin, no, we who we be, but this year, the Queen Quet, Pondesia Islands in the sea. Keep on thanking God for the gifts that we ancestors gave. Peace and blessings.